0: The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church.
1: I grew up in a Christian family with strong Christian values. However, I belong to a Christian community that based their beliefs on the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. I was baptized when I was 20 into this faith, and I was very satisfied that I was following a list of do's and don'ts. And I thought I was a pretty good Christian. But two years ago, God convicted me. For the first time, I came to realize that I have been having a very narrow understanding of God's law, love, and grace. I thought I was okay because I attended church every week, I respected my parents. I treated people kindly. I was an active youth leader in the church. I returned my offerings. I didn't play the life of the prodigal son. But conviction came on me that I fell short of God's standard. And God started speaking to me through these verses in a fresh way. Romans 14:23 Everything that is not from faith is sin. Meaning every action and attitude that I do without faith in God's promises is sin. I learned that Romans 3.23 is actually saying all have sinned and continue to fall short of God's standard. And all these years as a Christian, I knew I fell short of his standard. But I never understood how short or how Short, I fell. My standard was this. I think God's standard was so high. And this new conviction brought me a sense of guilt, a weight, and a sense of fear. But then I remembered the good news. Because I cannot pay for my sins, God turned over my sins to Jesus. And there is now no condemnation for them that belonged to Jesus. And that was good news for me. And when I understood how high God's standard of love is, and how high his standard of law is, I realized how sinful I am in a very new sense. And when I understood how sinful I am, and what Jesus has done for me, I was able to appreciate more what jesus did for me his perfect sacrifice and grace and when i understood how big grace that he has given me freely i knew i could extend the same grace and love to others now i don't think that i have fully figured out his love and grace but i am learning and i believe i will be learning uh, throughout eternity with him since this conviction my relationship with God and others have changed. God saved me from legalism, the idea that I can earn God's favor by doing a list of Christian duties or things. And he saved me from living in the Old Testament shadows when Jesus has ushered us into a new covenant. And I want to thank him because he brought me into this light of the simple gospel of Jesus. I simply want to praise him and thank him.
2: Emmanuel. The name long associated with God's promised Messiah. The name that means God with us. God with us. For every believer in Jesus Christ, for every person who has trusted in him for the forgiveness of sin, for every sinner who has accepted the free gift of grace that comes through him, the unchanging reality is this, you are never alone. You will never be alone. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. As you walk through this life, God is with you. During your times of gladness and celebration, during your times of trouble and sorrow, God is with you shepherding you, growing you, holding you, sustaining you, comforting you, loving you. He will be your perfect father as you will forever be his adopted child. All because of this wonderful gift that we celebrate at christmas the gift of jesus christ the son of god the promised messiah emmanuel God with us
3: in the nineteen sixties i lived in anola a little town just east of winnipeg i was a young wife and stay-at-home mother of two sons Bob was three and Tim was one. One morning I waved goodbye to my husband as he left to drive to Winnipeg. And two hours later, the RCMP were at my door to tell me that my husband had been in a serious car accident and taken to the emergency at St. Boniface Hospital. When I arrived at the hospital, A doctor explained that my husband had broken bones and internal injuries. And a specialist explained that my husband had severe brain damage. And if he came out of the coma, he would probably be in a vegetative state and spend the rest of his life in a personal care facility. It was difficult to take it all in My head was spinning. And then I prayed. I prayed that God would either heal my husband or take him home to heaven. Several hours later, my husband died. Suddenly, I was a widow. I know what it's like to see people going on with their lives the same as usual, and your world has fallen apart. And I know what it's like to cry into your pillow at night because no one can hear you, yet God hears you. God's word is full of verses of comfort, of hope, encouragement, and I claimed a small part of a verse in Matthew twenty-eight twenty as my comfort. Jesus said, for lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. I wasn't alone, God was with me. Eventually, we moved into Winnipeg so I could have better opportunities of employment and I prayed that God would keep me strong and healthy so I could support my family, and God did. He always provided for our needs and more. There are no dress rehearsals for the challenges in life, and each challenge is different in its own way. I must confess that I'm prone to do things on my own strength. I get discouraged. I worry and then God reminds me the Lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusts in him and to cast all of my cares upon him and then I stop and I pray. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has been with me all these years. He has been with me through many challenges in my life. I know he is with me today, and I know he'll be with me tomorrow, because he has promised, for lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages.
0: For various reasons, I think, we were led this Advent and Christmas season to focus on the theme of brokenness. It's not a theme that uh, we tend to want to talk about. The Bible teaches us that we're all broken. We're all broken image bearers, that uh, we're created in the image of God, and somehow we carry this brokenness around with us in ways that can be seen or not seen. And brokenness comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, too. There's the brokenness that is the very direct result of our own doing. And then there's the brokenness of uh, things that are done unto us. And then there's the brokenness of circumstance that is beyond our control. And we all carry and walk around in in brokenness. And yet we believe so very deeply in Emmanuel, God with us. This, This incredible message that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the New Testament, brings us. That God came down, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. And it's interesting because this very message that... That God is with us is enough to cause some to have enough enough belief to to actually come to know God in the middle of their brokenness. And at the same time, in the middle of brokenness, it's enough to make some want to reject God. It's interesting that brokenness and pain and suffering that we go through can lead some to open their hearts to God and understand that He is with them, while others close the door of their hearts and will not receive Him. The same sun that melts the wax is the same sun that hardens the clay. We read in the scriptures in the Luke passage that was read earlier that Mary was perhaps the first New Testament believer, and she was the first kind of contemplative person. As she, it says in chapter 2 of Luke and verse 19, that Mary treasured up all of these things and and pondered them in her heart. And this idea, these two words, the treasured and the pondered, are a picture of someone that's gathering something very precious and holding it close and then one by one examining them. All the memories of that evening, she was gathering it up and she was becoming a a contemplative Christian, pondering what was going on as this baby that she nursed that evening was born to her. She'd had many, of course, many broken and difficult days before that evening. And we know from the story that we read that she will have many after that evening. And so this incredible gift that God gave her in being able to take what was given to her, and have a state of mind and heart that was able to go into the deeper recesses of her own experience and understand more and reflect more deeply and believe more fully in what God was doing even through her at that time was an incredible gift that she turned to later on when her son Jesus was suffering. This coming Sunday, we're going to be getting ready to usher in a new year. And uh, we're going to be looking at Psalm 34, which is one of the Psalms of David. In verse 19 or 18 of that passage, it says, David says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, whenever we face and come into touch with more of the brokenness that is in our lives, the instinct response is to try and fix it. We want to do something that will end the pain and stop the bleeding and and deal with that broken, vulnerable feeling that we we have. It comes to us in all ways, in all kinds of shapes and sizes, but, but we all have the same reaction. We want to stop this. We want it fixed. We try to fix it now. Even when loved ones that we hold in our hearts come into our lives and share with us some other aspect of their brokenness. It is our knee-jerk reaction to want to fix what is broken. Parents do it for children, and children do it for parents, and friends do it for friends. And, and yet the fact is, is that there's so much in life that comes at us that we cannot fix. We cannot fix it. And we have to turn to the one who we know can fix it and will fix all brokenness one day when he comes again, Jesus Christ. He's the one who restores the image. There's a story in the Chronicles of Narnia that C.S. Lewis wrote, and in the, the fifth book, the story called The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, there's a story about a little boy there named Eustace. And Eustace is the meanest evil boy that you can imagine. He he hates everyone, and everyone hates Eustace. And uh, not fully explained why he becomes that way, but he and the other kids in Narnia find themselves on a magical ship sailing across an ocean. And as they're sailing, they come to this mysterious island. And the first one off of the ship is Eustace. And he runs away from all the other children and he finds a cave. He walks into the cave and inside the cave he discovers a mountain of treasure of gold and rubies and diamonds. He lays in this mountain of treasure imagining that he has just become the richest boy on earth. And he begins to think about how he will use his riches to get back at all the mean people around him and hate them even more. He doesn't realize that that mountain of treasure belongs to an evil dragon that lives in that cave. And as he falls asleep on the mountain, he he begins to dream and think evil thoughts. He begins to think the dragon hateful evil thoughts that he was laying there. in, And and when he wakes up hours later, he is horrified to discover that he has become an evil dragon himself and no longer a boy. And he is so afraid because now he is aware that he could be left all alone for the rest of his life. Because the ship is sailing, and he is not going to be on it. This is the moment in the story when the Christ figure in the Narnia series, Aslan, the lion, appears. And Aslan walks up to Eustace in this dragon form, and he says to him, if you're going to be made well, you need to take off that and get into the pool And Aslan leads him to this clear crystal pool of water and he commands him he must take off his skin. He must undress. And so quickly Eustace begins to tear at all of his skin and he tries to pull off the skin of the dragon and the scales are so thick and he's hurting and, and finally he gets off the, the, the skin of the dragon and throws it aside only to discover that another layer of dragon is right underneath it. And he works again to pull off all of the dragon skin and the scales. And again, as soon as he is getting that one off, he finds another layer underneath it. And he is despairing now. And he cries out. And Aslan says to him, he says these words, you're going to have to let me undress you. You're going to have to let me go deeper. And so Eustace lets Aslan get closer and closer until his claws are now digging into his flesh, and he is tearing off the dragon. And it's painful. It hurts so much. He has to go so deep. He feels like he has even touched his own heart through all of the ripping and tearing that's going on. But in the end, he is free. And there, laying on the grass is a heap of dragon scales and skin, more dark and more ugly and evil than he'd ever thought. Quickly, Aslan grabs Eustace and he throws him into the lake. And that also hurt his skin. But it also began to heal him. And he began to realize that he was healing in the pool. And when he walked out, He was no longer a dragon, but he was a boy again. But he wasn't just another boy that hated like he had before. He was a different boy. And when he returned to the ship, Lucy and Edmund noticed the difference. And they said, You've met Aslan. We cannot fix our brokenness. And we cannot fix someone else's brokenness, the kind that God's word speaks of as sin. And we need someone like Jesus to come along. Only Christ can do that. Only Christ can heal and go deeper with you and I. Alan Redpath was a... A Bible expositor from the last century, and he had two daughters. And when they were little girls, one evening when he came home, they ran to him and they threw themselves upon him. One of the little girls grabbed around his leg, and the other one jumped right up. And, she, and, and her father picked her up and, and took, him in, took her into his arms. And the one that was grabbing his leg said to him, Now I've got all of daddy. And the one that was in his arms said, yeah, but daddy's got all of me. And I think there's an incredibly profound difference between those two. We heard it a little bit in the testimonies this evening. Does God have all of you, all of your brokenness? Or are you trying in your own strength and your own energy and your own wisdom to live some kind of a life that you were never meant to live without the grace of God and the presence of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God, with us. Are you trying to hang on, do better? Or are you totally aware of your absolute poverty and your brokenness? And are you aware that this incredible, merciful, loving God is hanging on to you? This evening, I want to end my little time here by praying for you. And I want to pray that God would meet you very specifically this Christmas in whatever brokenness has come to mind as I've shared or as you've heard testimony this evening. You might have walked into this building this evening and you knew even as you walked in because there was something heavy on your heart about the brokenness that you carry. But it might also be that you want to carry into this prayer time someone else's brokenness. I would like you to give me an opportunity to pray for that as well. And so just in a symbolic fashion, would you take your two hands and would you just extend them like this with palms up? And in the one hand, you will have your brokenness, whatever that is that hinders you from freely enjoying all the wonderful grace And love that God the Father has for you through his son Jesus. And then the other hand, I want you to hold up someone that you already hold in your heart. Someone that's deeply important to you. And you know the brokenness that they're facing. It might be big and it might be small. But you know that that's heavy on your heart too. I want you to hold their hands out. And now would you let me pray and lift up these things to God. Let's bow our heads. And now, Father, with these hands lifted up, God, in symbolic fashion, we acknowledge you, oh God, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. That, Jesus, you came down and you entered our broken world, and you promised through the death that you gave us that you could transform us back to being the image bearers that we once were before sin entered, would you help us, oh God, as you only can. We lift up to you our own lives and all the things that we know we fall short in. And we lift up to you that loved one. And you know the pain they're facing. You're God with them. And so, God, tonight, in this quiet moment, we ask you in the name of Jesus and his strong power, to meet us in our brokenness and give us hope of the fact that you are with us, you will heal us, and that every severe mercy that you send has an end in view. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray.